Welcome to the C3 Church Watson podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. In 1988, Paul and I were in um, Sydney, living in Sydney, suffering for Jesus, living in DY right near the beach. It was really tough, but someone has to do it. Not us apparently anymore, but someone has to do it. And uh, we were doing Bible, did I say that? We were at Bible college? Anyway, we were doing um, full-time Bible college and um, we were at DY Beach one day and we were just lying on the towels as you do, had a bit of a swim, came back and I, I glanced over at Paul and I noticed that on his um, leg, just about here, he had a round, it was probably about half the size of a five cent piece um, growth, lump, yep, and, and it was dark, like it was dark brown, it had gone dark, apparently, just getting, just getting updates from the front row, just letting, keeping me on track, live stream, it'll be Paul and I preaching today, do you want to come up, hun? <laughs> Joking. So, um, anyway, it had gone dark, and I said, honey, you probably should go to the doctor and someone to look at that, he's, he's a man, he said, oh, pff, don't be silly, I don't need that, don't need a doctor, but we went to the doctor, I think I availed in that situation for once, no, I've got, I've got to stop being silly, um, and the, this, is, this is what the guy said, I was in the room with him, he said, well, we'll take it out, we'll send it off, if it's, if it's got to the lymph nodes in his uh, leg, there's nothing we can do, um, but I'll let you know. I was 20-something. I don't remember, 21 maybe. I can't remember now. But, you know, within three hours in my brain, I was a widow. (laughs) A married widow with no children. That was my reality. Back in, in 1990, Paul and I went to after Bible college, Pastor Phil asked us to go and help plant a church in Bondi. So we went from DY to Bondi. That was really hard as well. And, uh, and we were there for a couple of years. And when, we, when it was time for us to come home, we had Emma, and we went, it's time for us to go back to Canberra. It's time for us to go home, bring our children up, our families around. Canberra's a great place to bring up kids, right? It's a perfect place to bring up children. So... On the last Sunday, and we'd gone with this couple and planted this church with them, and we were their, you know, right-hand people. And on the last Sunday, I said to Paul, I said, honey, I don't know how I'm going to get up and say goodbye. I'm going to be emotional, and I don't want to cry and blubber and all of that. And he said to me, honey, just, just stick with the facts. Smart man. Just stick with the facts, just talk about how we're going home to be with family and it's, and it's going to be great and, you know, we're living with your parents while we find a house. And he just told it, you know, and I just did what he told me. Unbeknownst to me, totally offended the, senior, the woman, senior pastor, because she thought we were just going home because, you know, we wanted to have an easy life and that we didn't love them. So she got totally offended. Our whole relationship was ruined. I tried to fix it, couldn't fix it. I thought she hated me. No, no joke. That was how I felt. 
and it was never resolved. And then about a year and a half later, we went back to Sydney to do something. We'd had M. We'd already had M, but we took her back to show her some things. And we were sleeping on the floor in a friend's house, which I don't recommend sleeping on the floor if anyone's interested. Um, and I woke up that morning, and I'd, we'd been to Bondi, and we'd been talking and looking and remembering all of the things that had happened. And, and so it was in my mind, and I woke up, and as I woke up, the Holy Spirit showed me the thing that, the things that I had never seen or realised or noticed before about this relationship with this woman and how she didn't hate me, she was just totally hurt. But I had spent two years, even though I'd tried to make amends with this lady, in a broken relationship, and it was when the Holy Spirit showed me everything I was believing about that was a lie. Stories. Our youngest is 21, and, um, oh, by the way, Paul didn't have a tumour on his leg. It was... <laughs> he was fine. There was nothing wrong with it. It was a story that I made up in my head. When our youngest, who is just about 21, was born with spina bifida, there was, that was a whole process that we went through, and you will have heard some of that if you've been in our church for more than a year. And um, I didn't realize. I I didn't realize, but I was carrying around this guilt in me because I thought he had spina bifida because of something that I did during the pregnancy process when all the cells were dividing. And this was a story that I carried. And when he was about five, I was in a, um, a meeting with four other senior ministers in our city and we were praying and one of, the, one of the pastors said to me, Mel, you're carrying a whole heap of guilt about something that is not your fault. And he prayed for me and I was healed. Stories. Today we're talking about stories. It's the title of my message. I love a good story. Does anyone else love a good story? I love reading a good story. I love watching a good story. I love getting lost in a story and forgetting about everything else. But most of the time, the stories that I read or I watch aren't real. Even the ones that they say are real, aren't real. Paul and I went and saw Churchill about a month ago, and the untold story is what they say it is. It's actually all lies, pretty much, so just in case you know, in case you wanted to know that. Um, the thing we must remember about stories is that they aren't real. Life is not a fairy tale. No one goes sailing off into the sunset and doesn't have any more problems. Has anyone found that? <laughs> Prince Charming doesn't exist. Cinderella doesn't either. Scotty can't beam us up. You can't go back to the future. Superman can't fly. And the, yes, I know. And the men who fall out of aeroplanes roll, get up, fight for three hours, and then just walk away unscathed don't exist. I know. 
I just told you three stories that I told myself. Each one of them was not true, but each one of them was my reality. It was true for me. Do you have a story that you tell yourself over and over and over in your head? Our current series is called Free Indeed, and we are talking about the truth that God's plan for every single person is freedom. And it's, and it's when we know the truth, when we know his truth, not our truth, when we know his truth, that we are really free. John 8 says it like this, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If we believe a story about ourselves, something that is not true, if we believe it, it is true for us, and it is the reality we will live in. We will live from it. We will tell it to ourselves over and over again. We will tell it to anyone who will listen. We may use it to justify our actions. We may use it to justify our anger. We may even use it to excuse our behavior. And it's enormously powerful in directing our lives, even though it's not true. An untrue story will affect everything we do, from our job to our relationships. It will affect our perspective, our joy, and our decision-making ability. So powerful. Our family doctor, about eight years ago, he was such a successful guy. He had this practice. Um, he had a beautiful wife. He had four amazing children who were all achieving at high school, at Radford College. He was our family doctor for years and years and years. And just one day, he took himself up to Mount Ainsley with some morphine and killed himself. Because he was believing a whole heap of stories about himself that weren't true. The question we have to ask ourselves is this. Do we care more about the stories we're telling ourselves? Do we want to hold on to them? Or do we want to live free in our future? It's our choice. To be free indeed, we have to be listening to the right author. A different author to the author who has been telling us the lies and, and wanting us to believe the story. We have to have a different voice playing in our head. Who is the author of your story? Your past? Your circumstances? What happened to you? What hasn't happened to you yet? What you think you're missing out on? Your anger? Your disappointment? Who is the author of your story? I've had many people over the years try and write my story. Myself, my insecurity, my fear, my peers, other people, but there is only, I'm telling you here today, there is only one person who has permission to write my story, and he is the author. Hebrews says in Hebrews 12, he is the author and perfecter of my faith, and his name is Jesus, and he is the only one that has permission to write my story. No one else. Are you allowing Jesus to be the author of your story? There is a man in the Bible and his name is Jacob. And he was a real storyteller 
And that is not a compliment. He told stories throughout his whole life. He told stories to help himself get ahead. He pretended he was someone that he wasn't. He wasn't free. He was living a lie, and eventually his life unraveled until he had an encounter with God that changed everything. God orchestrated this encounter with Jacob because it was time for Jacob to face the truth. It was time for him to leave the storytelling behind and become whole. See, we, we can look at other people, we can look at their life, we can stand on the outside and look in, and most of the time we have no idea what's really going on. And we can look at people and say, how come they never have a hard life? How come they never have anything bad happen to them? How come they've got this and they've got that and it's not fair? And mm -hmm. Can I tell you today, no one escapes the process that Jacob went through. No one. Every one of us is on a different path. Everyone experiences it differently. But if we stay with God, none of us escapes having his hand come and lay. He lays his hand on us. Job said it like this. His hand is heavy despite my groaning. Has anyone ever had that? His hand is heavy despite my groaning. God, it's really uncomfortable. Can you just move it? No. Nah. Nah, my finger needs to be right there right now because this is what we're looking at. This is what we're working on. This is what, this is what needs to be happening right now in your, in your life. Oh, please, God, just take it away. It's because he wants us transformed and he wants us free. Jacob was a twin. He was the younger twin. And when he and his brother were, were young, at a time when his brother was in a very weak state of mind and also physically weak, Jacob convinced him to give him his birthright. And then he went to his father and he pretended that he was his brother. And he received the brother's blessing as the firstborn. Two, um, two very important things back then. After this happened, Jacob, he ran. His mum said, you've got to go. Your brother, he's out to get you. You've got to get out of here. Go and stay with my father for three days. So Jacob went, and what was supposed to be three days ended up being 20 years. Until God spoke to Jacob, and he said, it's time for you to come home. It's time for you to, to go home. It's time to deal with your stuff. It's time to deal with your stories when you were in that place back there, there was all these things that went on, Jacob, and it's time to deal with them. It's time for this chapter to end and a new chapter to begin. It's time to face the truth and do some business with me. Some of you are sitting here today, and it's time. It's time to do some business with God. So on the way home... Jacob had this encounter with God, and we read about it in Genesis 32. He says this, This left Jacob all alone in the camp, and a man came and wrestled with him until dawn began to break. Jacob was all alone. And a man, he wasn't a man, a man came and wrestled with him until dawn. You know, the center 
of our life as Christians is our relationship with God. That is where we find truth. It's our relationship with him. It is our reading of his word. It's in that secret place with God that we are truly found. And that's the space that all of us at times have, where all of us at times must own up to our stories, to our spin, to the coverings we make for ourselves, to the lies we let ourselves believe, to the excuses that we make for ourselves. If we read Jacob's story, we see that that he was a premium storyteller and he covered himself with others. He covered himself with his mother. He did whatever his mother said. Oh, mum told me to do that. And he covered himself with, um, with things. His brother, the Bible says, was a hairy man. And so Jacob got skins, animal skins, and covered himself with that. And you know, we can do the same thing in different ways to, to, to stop ourselves from getting into that place with God where he wants us to uncover those stories that we're telling. We can, we can cover ourselves with busyness. Gee, I'm so busy. I'm too busy, God, to do that. We can cover ourselves with good stuff. We can be helping people. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I'm so, it's all, all happening. So busy. So I'm too busy to hear, God. But Jacob found, and we will find too, that there comes a day when God says, enough. And he leads us into an encounter with him. He leads us into an encounter that is especially designed to bring us freedom. But it doesn't ever look like that. It looks to us like the opposite. It looks to us like we are losing something. It looks to us like he is taking something away. It looks to us like a loss. But it's not... That's not what it is. You know, before the change of every season God has ever taken me through, he has taken things away. He said, now lay that down. But God, but that's mine. Oh, really, is it? It's yours. I didn't know that was yours. I thought it was mine. Oh, that's right. It's yours, God. Lay it down. Genesis 32, when... When the man saw that the wound, that, sorry, that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. Then the man said, let me go for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. The man, the Bible said, touched Jacob's hip and wrenched it out of its socket. You see, God wants to bless us. And he went on to bless Jacob. But sometimes, sometimes he has to break something in us so that he can. The path we are walking, the things we are valuing, 
the decisions we are making, the lies we're believing, the stories we are telling ourselves or others are stopping his blessing from flowing in our lives and he wants us to surrender to him enough so that he can bless us. You see, I, um, has anyone heard of, you know, the gold membership lounge deal when you're um, flying? Yeah, you heard of that? Yeah. Well, I used to have a gold membership to the Victim Club. Man, I had all the points. I had every one of them. I was up to a gazillion. I could have flown around the world five times with all my victim points. I had self-pity sorted out. I had all the reasons why it wasn't my fault. I had all the reasons why it was their fault. I was blaming everyone but me. I was selfish. I was self-obsessed. The world does not need any more victims. It is too full of victims. God has not made us victims. He has made us victors, victorious. And I had to surrender that to him. I had to get rid of my gold membership. I couldn't go into the lounge anymore. Have a glass of wine or a tuna melt, whatever whatever they have in those places. I had to surrender it. Are you going to let it go, Mel? Sometimes, sometimes this is what happens in life. Sometimes in the dark of our night seasons... We don't know who we're struggling with until the light begins to dawn. And as the light begins to dawn, we realize that we're actually wrestling with God. This is a God-ordained wrestle that we're going through. We We think we're struggling with the devil, or we think we're struggling with that person. If that person would just stop, if they would, if they didn't do that, if they hadn't done that, then this would never have happened. It's all their fault. We're actually wrestling with God. When God allows or even invites us to wrestle with him, his constant goal is to make us free indeed. Even when he appears to be against us, he is for us. When we're believing lies... When we're telling ourselves untrue stories, he will oppose us simply because he's for us. He fights us being destructive against ourselves. Don't you love that about God? I love that about God. I don't love it at the moment. I don't love it at the time. But I love it about God that he will fight me if I'm being destructive against myself because he is for me and not against me. Genesis 32, verse 27, in this encounter, the man says to Jacob, he says, what is your name? And he replied, Jacob. That is a weird thing to ask, I reckon. So you're having this fight, and he says, let me go. And Jacob says, I won't let you go until you bless me. Then the man comes back and he says, what's your name? He says, Jacob. 
Nothing gets past God. Did you know that? Let's go back a bit in this story. Remember when I told you that Jacob convinced his father to give him his brother's blessing? He, he pretended to be his brother. He took, he took the birthright. He took the blessing. He pretended to be someone that he wasn't. And in this face-to-face encounter with God, God asked Jacob the same question, what is your name? And I think the reason that he asked him that question, because he wanted to know if Jacob was going to come clean now. He wanted to know, he wanted, to know, he wanted him to own up to who he was. Are you going to keep pretending that, that, that all that stuff didn't happen? Are you going to continue with your spin? Are you going to keep believing what isn't true? God wanted Jacob to repent, and he wanted him to come clean. And I'll tell you what, in every encounter with God, in every untrue story that we are believing, there is a point where we have to repent of that. We have to lay that down. We have to say, God, I am sorry that I have been believing these lies, that I have, they've been taking me in the wrong direction. I know that you are for me and not against me, and that is why you want me in this place of repentance before you. Jacob replied, I'm not my brother, I'm Jacob. I'm Jacob. This is what I need to repent from. God doesn't let anything go. And it was when Jacob answered truthfully that he was redefined. Genesis 32 says this. I know, God knows. Your name will no longer be Jacob, the man told him. From now on, from now on you will be called Israel because you have fought with God and man and have won. That is, there is so much power in that little scripture. There is so much history. There is so much that happened. Your name will no longer be Jacob. I see you for who you are. I see everything you've ever done. But I'm here to tell you today, Jacob, that I, from now on, from now on, from this moment, you, I am giving you a new name. I am transforming you. I am changing you. I am taking you into your future. It's not about your past, Jacob. It's about your future and what I have for you. And God had to take him through that process. He needed to go through that process. You know, some people never get to there from now on. They give up during the fight. They give up, they walk away, they say, no, it's too hard. I wanted to. I wanted to give up many times in my struggling with God and letting go of the, the, the lies or the untrue stories that I had in my head. But I'm so glad I didn't. Maybe you're halfway there. You're still in the struggle. Don't give up. Jacob struggled his way, all the way. He struggled through, and in the end, he was redefined. He said, I will not let you go. I've said to God, I will not let you go. Where else can I go? Where else can you go? 
It's only God. At the end of the day, it's only God. There's nowhere else to go. From now on, you will be called by a new name. From now on, you are a new person. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.